the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The estate planning team is an Ohio registered investment advisor. The following is for informational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any securities or financial products. Be sure to consult with a qualified financial advice and or tax professional before implementing any strategy discussed herein. You have financial goals and dreams. We can help you achieve them. Welcome to Financial Food for Thought, the show that answers all the questions on how to maximize your lifestyle and preserve your wealth. There is nothing wrong with your television set. Do not attempt to adjust the picture. We are controlling transmission. We will control the horizontal. We will control the vertical. We can change the focus to a soft blur or sharpen it to crystal clarity. For the next hour, sit quietly and we will control all that you see and hear. You are about to participate in a great adventure. You are about to experience the awe and mystery which reaches from the inner mind to the outer limits. You went away and you hung around and bothered me every night. And when I wouldn't go out with you, you said things that weren't very nice. My boyfriend's back and you're gonna be in trouble was last Saturday's rally in New York City 
where Bernie Sanders, after coming back from his heart attack um, and out of the hospital, and of course he was getting a rousing endorsement from Sandy. And they are back. Now, whether or not they're, he's going to be able to uh, you know, make a push for the presidential candidate by the democracy, uh, you know, I don't know. We'll see. Um, but in the meantime, good morning. My name is Mark Donnelly, and this is Financial Food for Thought. And, of course, I'm solo here today. You don't hear my partner in crime, Carrie Waddell. She's off this weekend doing, uh, you know, family stuff. It is a hollow weekend, so, so to speak. And she's off and doing family things, maybe uh, carving some pumpkins, maybe doing some trick-or-treating and all that good stuff, maybe getting the costumes ready. That's always a, a weekend chore before the big Halloween Eve, right? Um, so I'll be with you for the next hour, and we'll do a little Halloween show. So, you know, again... You know, everyone's out celebrating, getting in the mood. So I'm going to do a little of a, you know, Halloween. We're going to play a little game called What Scares You and What Scares Me. And um, we'll go through that. Um, And again, I promise you we'll be back to our normal broadcasting next weekend when Carrie's back sitting in the chair opposite me. So let me talk a little bit about the estate planning team. Um, The estate planning team has been helping Cleveland families build custom financial plans for over 34 years. And we do it one plan, one family at a time. And, you know, we we do have um, lots of ways you can get a hold of us. Um, you know, our, our classes are pretty much done for the year. We're getting into our year-end tax uh, and IRA and Roth IRA and all those planning things and, you know, helping clients, you know, making sure they got their required minimum distributions all done, make sure that they've got the right withholding elections on those final distributions, you know, whether or not you want to do a, uh, you know, a Roth conversion, you know, that has to be executed by December 31st, uh, whether or not you want to do a qualified charitable distribution. You know, um, under the new tax law, you may no longer be able to deduct your charitable contributions on Schedule A because you're no longer itemizing. You're just taking the new higher standard deductions. But what do you do with your charitable contributions? Well, you know, if you are over the age 70 and a half, um, you are allowed to do a qualified charitable distribution where you take, you know, you actually, uh, you know, part of your required minimum distribution um, accounts for that anyways. You can Instead of taking the money yourself, you have your IRA custodian send it directly over to the charity, and you don't have to then report it as taxable income. So we have, you know, a lot of our a lot of our clients have been kind of forced to go to that maneuver um, since the new tax law. You know, they started last, you know, last year, you know, in 2018. This will, and so we certainly had some doing it last year, but we've seen a much bigger, you know response the words kind of getting out you know we've talked to all our clients about it and we see a lot more people you know planning or have already executed a qcd for 2019 and we just kind of see that continue uh we'll see that continue so we'll uh you know so any of those year-end planning strategies you know again the, the the thing that we you know caution people about is that even though, you know, we say that a lot of these things you have until December 31st to get them triggered or executed, the, the issue is that every year more and more people, you know, the baby boomers, gonna you know, more and more every year are thinking about doing it. And again, you cannot execute these things too early because you could get surprises, you know, throughout the year that changes your mind on, you know, how much in any one of these strategies you want to do. 
So, and a lot of people don't even, you know, schedule their required minimums until the end of the year. You know, they they believe, you know, you know, in the markets and they're saying, yeah, I'd rather earn as much as I can before I take the required minimum. So a lot of them are just on a, you know, set up automatically to happen in December. So as an example. But in either case, the idea is more and more baby boomers are getting to that age, so more and more people are calling their custodians, you know, at the end of the year saying, hey, I got to get this done. I got to get this done. And it's getting bottlenecked. And so, you know, if if you're not sure and you are thinking about doing these things, at least at this point of the year, you want to maybe be contacting your custodian and saying, hey, is do you have a drop dead date? In other words, are you, you know, telling your clients that, you know, in order for you to guarantee that you will get the uh, IRA distribution or Roth conversion or qualified charitable distribution executed in timely before December 31st, that, you know, what date do I have to get you the paperwork to do that? Or what is the process? Can I do that over the phone? Can I do that over the Internet? Or, you know, do I need to request forms I need to fill out and send back to you? And so, you know, don't leave yourself short. You know, again, you might not want to wait, you know, for the week between Christmas and New Year's, okay, to start, you know, getting the paperwork done. All right. So if you want to get a hold of us at the estate planning team, um, either for a free consultation, and we can do those in person or by phone, All you need to do is call 440-239-2090. That's 440-239-2090. Or you can visit our website, financialfoodforthought.com, and that's just one string, financialfoodforthought.com, and contact us through the website. And in either case, um, just say you would like a free consultation, and someone from the office will get a hold of you on Monday and set that up at your convenience. So, all right, so Carrie's not here today uh, to play the, you know, what scares you, what scares me game. So you're going to have to play around, uh, play along at home. And one of the things that's happening right now, are you scared or getting a little jittery about the stock market? Okay, Um, so we're, we're in earnings season, right? And there are a lot of companies that have reported, and it's kind of been mixed signals you know so who is reporting beating you know the the estimates for earnings and which of our companies have you know missed okay so you know and and again some of them that uh beat earnings wow um united technologies procter and gamble ubs chipotle united technologies tesla you know that raised some eyebrows microsoft southwest airlines right so those are all some of the list of companies that beat earnings um, how about some of those who miss? Because it seems like the ones who miss, you know, make a little bit bigger noise than the ones who beat. Um, well, Twitter uh, missed. Uh, Caterpillar missed. That was kind of a big one. That was kind of a bellwether. You know, uh, Travelers, uh, insurance company, UPS, Lockheed, Texas Instruments, Boeing, okay, Ford. You know, so whereas Tesla beat, Ford missed, right? McDonald's, you know, again, Chipotle beat, but McDonald's missed, Okay. Of course, one of the big ones was Amazon, okay? Um, So Amazon really missed. And, you know, a lot of people are, you know, getting a little, you know, saying that, well, you know, talk about bellwether, you know, uh, companies, how Amazon goes is maybe is how the U.S. economy or the global economy goes, right? So so they've been, so are you worried about that? Um, Well, you know, I don't know. You know, I think Amazon will be just fine in the long run. 
Um, you know, they have some other issues, you know, <laughs> that's going on. <laughs> I mean, what scares me is if you're working in one of those, uh, you, you know, distribution or packaging warehouses and, you know, the, 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 the worker next to you falls over and has a heart attack and, and no one gets to get them. And, and, and they just keep you to, to keep working until, you know, some, you know, medical crew eventually, you know, picks the guy up and get him out of there. You later find out he died. You know, that just recently happened. So, you know, and, and people are saying, you know, you know what is going on? Um, so, you know, so those things may be a little bit more scary at Amazon than some of the others. Um, but, you know, the one thing, if you look at the market year to date, I mean, you know, it, talk about, you know, climbing the wall of worry. I mean, don't look now, but, it, you know, the stock market is still up. You know, double digit. I mean, S and P's up what, close to twenty percent year to date. Uh, it, and even and even the bonds, even the fixed side has held in there pretty well. You know, the the uh, you know if you look at the aggregate bond index as a benchmark for a fixed you know part of portfolio. So let's say you know you want to be your your maybe you're trying to allocate to be a sixty forty portfolio. Or fifty-fifty, you know, and and you're saying, okay, but you know, I all, you know, is it really bad? And it's like, well, it might not be too bad, you know. It's why that's why I say we never try to time it. It's hard to time the market, right? Um, you know, so you've got the S and P up what nearly twenty percent. The bond index is up, you know, nearly, um, you know, six percent year to date. So you know, in your sixty-forty portfolio, you know, sixty percent of your money earns twenty. That's twelve, and forty percent of your money is earning six. You know that's uh, you know two uh, two point four whatever. You're you're probably up fourteen and a half percent year to date. Well, so what what's you worried about? Okay, um, what if you're only fifty fifty? What if you're even less risk than a sixty forty portfolio? Okay, so if fifty percent of your money is earned ten and fifty percent of your money is earned six, you're up what thirteen percent? Hmm. Well, maybe things aren't so bad. You know, maybe that recession isn't starting next week, right? Um, now, though, you know, again, maybe you're, you're waiting with bated breath, okay, to see what you know the Federal Reserve, right? You know, are they going to either, you know, are they going to trick us or treat us next week when they, you know, come out with their decision? On what they're going to do with interest rates, you know, are they going to cut further or are they not going to cut further? So um, a lot of people are waiting for that. Um, but you know, so you know, again, if you're trying to protect yourself from the next economic downturn, you know, whether that be a stock market crash or you know a U.S. recession, you know, both. By the way, you know, have been a long time since we had one. You know, we always say this is the you know, longest expansion, right, in U.S. Uh, market history, right? You know, since, you know, it was, it was over 10 years since the last recession. Now, granted, that last recession was a bad one, you know, where, you know, the the Great Recession, we refer that to in 2008, and, you know, ended in 2009, um, where we saw nearly a 50% drop in the S&P 500, right? Um, so, yeah. So, you know, so how do you protect yourself against that? Because it's hard to time, Right. Um, so it's, but, you know, three simple things we always say you can do is one, keep rebalancing. You know, if you are, you know, built your plan on a 50, 50, you know, return, you know, expected return on 50, 50 allocation or 60, 40. Again, we don't maybe use the double digits like we're getting this year, but you know, the standard, maybe you built your plan on a four or 5% rate of return, you know, after fees. Okay. So, uh, but are 
you rebalancing? You know, in other words, don't take on more risk than what you need to be okay. A second one is make sure you've got an adequate cash reserve, right? You know, built up. So if, you know, you, you know, especially if you're in retirement, right, when you don't have that, you know, paycheck coming in, you know, every every uh, week or biweekly. So the idea is, you know, do you have enough cash reserve to cover your spending gap in retirement for the next year, maybe 18 months? Some some of my clients go 24 months. And, and so the idea is, you know, if you've got these things planned, these big purchases, or maybe it is you're planning on retiring you know, and going to retirement in the next uh, a year or two. And the idea is, you know, you have this cash reserve so that if the market does, you know, capitulate or we do have the start of a U.S. recession and, you know, you don't want to sell your stocks low because you always heard that's a bad thing to do. You don't have to. You've got this cash reserve that's going to cover the spending gap. You know, that difference between what your plan on spending and what your fixed retirement is going to be, whether that's pensions or Social Security. And the idea is you've got that, you know, six to 12 month spending gap amount in cash. So in other words, you know, you've got flexibility to say, okay, if I, you know, if the market is crashing, you know, does that mean I have to, I have to cancel my Hawaii trip? Well, maybe not. You know, maybe, you know, the idea is you've got the cash reserve so you can use that. You can rely on that until we get through the next recession or the, through the next market crash, you know, and, and, and then, you know, in the meantime, you know, you're giving your, your stocks, you know, room to breathe, to, to come back. Right. And in the meantime, you still collect the dividend, which in a, in a low interest rate world, you know, those dividend rates are sometimes better than what you would get in a CD rate anyways. So, you know, the idea is, you know, that's the second thing. The third thing is build your plan R, you know, your recession plan, your recovery plan. You know, the idea is saying, you know, let's ask, you know, let's say you built your financial plan and we call that plan A and it's working. Well, so now what you do is you go back to the robot and just say, okay, let's build a duplicate plan, call it plan R or whatever you want to call it, a worst case scenario plan. And let's model in an economic downturn. Um, and then see, is my plan still working in the long run? See, the idea that the next economic downturn, right, it doesn't necessarily uh, affect your life this year. I mean, if you make a knee-jerk reaction, it could. You know, you say, oh, I got to fast my belt, cancel the Hawaii trip or whatever. But, you know, it, what you really want the modeling to show you is that does it really, in a, how does it affect the longevity of my plan? So if my plan A, I was not running out of money by age 90, 95, do I hear 100? I want to know if we do have an economic downturn in the next two to three years, am I still going to be okay? Or how much am I, you know, reducing my longevity? It's no longer lasting to 95. It's only lasting to 94. Oh, I'm okay on that. Uh Uh-oh, I wanted to last to 90 and it's only lasting to 85. I got a problem. So if you do have a problem, okay, don't panic. So the idea is if you built your plan like we build our plans for our clients, we have a lot of discretionary spending that we built into your retirement plan that's not buried in with your mandatory living expenses or health insurance premiums, more important expenses, you know, things you got to cover. So it's the idea is saying, okay, how much of that discretionary spending do I have to cut? You know, it's more along those lines. All right. So, again, this is Mark Donnelly, and uh, you're listening to Financial Food for Thought. And we're taking a little break from our normal broadcasting and kind of doing a Halloween show. And we're playing the game, What Scares You, What Scares Me? Well, let me ask you, do those scary Halloween decorations, you know, the skeletons in the ground, in the graveyard, you know, witches one around zombies, you know, scary costumes, does that frighten you? 
Um, well, I don't know if it frightens me. You know what does scare me a little bit? The amount of money that we as a nation is spending on Halloween. Okay, do you? Do, I mean, do you know that this country, for the last few years, have been spending? You know, get ready, nine billion. That's with a B, not a min. Nine billion dollars a year on the Halloween holiday. Um, that to me is scary. Um, that's about you know eighty-seven bucks per person. You know, you take a family of four. What are we talking about? 350 bucks, you know, so, you know, you know, ask yourself, are, are you spending that much as a family? Are you spending three, 400 bucks every year on Halloween? Mm. How about, you know, scary movies? Okay. Um, Nightmare on Elm Street. Is that, is that scary? Um, I don't know. Scary movies don't really scare me anymore, I guess. Um, how about real nightmares? Do you have any of those? Um, I'm not really worried about my nightmares. You know, I don't really suffer anxiety when, you know, I have a nightmare. But, but you know, perhaps I should. Because, you know, modern research is now telling us that if you have consistent scary dreams, and, you know, what are the, what are the ones we're talking about? You know, when maybe you're being chased by someone or something, or you were late for a big exam. I still, I still, you know, I, I, you know, I graduated from college many moons ago, and I still have nightmares about finals. Weeks. Isn't that crazy? Um, but I guess I'm not the only one. Um, you know, or another, another common nightmare that people seem to have is, you know, their teeth are falling out, or, you know, or something like that. So what the, what the experts are saying is that if you have these scary dreams often, especially the ones if you, you know, when they say we frequently scream, kick, or thrash around in your sleep, your brain could be at risk. Okay, so frequent nightmares could be caused by REM sleep behavior disorder, okay, a condition that causes patients to physically act out violent dreams. Researchers have found that more than 80% of RBD patients eventually develop a neurological disease such as Parkinson's or dementia. Wow, you know, so, you know, and, you know, we know that, you know, dementia or Alzheimer's is cases are up like 10% in the past decade. All right. Um, and, you know, some of the stats on that, you know, the, the vast majority of those affected you know, uh, with Alzheimer's, 5.6 million people are age 65 or older. Within six years, that number is projected to reach 7.1 million. Within three decades, it could reach 14 million. OK, um, the, the, and they talk about, you know, the caregiver burden, right? You know, more than 16 million family members provide some 18.5 billion hours of unpaid care to people with Alzheimer's and other types of dementia. Um, so, you know, that is, you know, quite scary. You know, the disease affects nearly, okay, 6 million people in the United States and sadly affects many more millions who love them. Um, you know, political leaders here and abroad are not responding to the scope and scale needed to, you know, deal with this disease. Okay. Um, the cost of dementia to the world today exceeds 1% of total global economic activity. In the United States, the cost of dementia will be comparable to the defense budget in coming decades. All right. Um, Health agencies um, and organizations estimate that within 30 years, at least one person in each of the 150 million different families worldwide will have Alzheimer's, which causes most dementia illnesses. 
Only cancer and heart disease claim more lives among older people in the U.S. Wow. So, you know, that's something that it is frightening. And the question is, you know, what are you doing? You know, how do you protect yourself? And one of them, of course, is, you know, have you built in an adequate budget, you know, for future health care expenses? All right. So we're playing the game. Uh, what scares you? What scares me? How about, you know, um, again, I don't know if I'm scared about the witches and goblins and zombies walking around and dressed up and all the adult parties dressed up. That doesn't really scare me. But what about real life witch doctors and voodoo queens? Okay, um, you know, do they, you know, raise the hairs on the back of your neck? Um, Actually, I kind of find a weird fascination with this group, you know, from a historical perspective. You know, if if you go back to the you know, 19th century or early life in America, you know, um, or more specifically, you know, how about, you know, New Orleans, you know, circa 1880s. You know, New Orleans is always kind of known as the voodoo land, right? Um, And, you know, every year at this time, you know, I, I go into, you know, my dust off one of my quintessential books on voodoo okay and there's a book by author robert talent you know original copyright 1946 but it's still in print you know it's a fantastic read it's about 250 pages and it's and it really gets to the you know eyewitness accounts that have been recorded over history about some of the voodoo activity you know in the 1800s in new orleans and, of course, everyone's heard of Mary Laveau. You know, she's the famous uh, voodoo queen. And a lot of people have heard of Dr. Jim, you know, which was the great witch doctor. His actually name was Jim Alexander. And the author says, explains that, um, you know, as, as much as he tried to pass himself off as being Mexican, in reality, he was about three-quarters Indian and about one-quarter Negro, right? And he and he so he had that, you know, that ability that that to cure people and to ward off demons and everything else. So I'm reading from the book and, you know, and and he and remember, you know, these voodoo queens and these witch doctors, you know, they got paid, you know, for their services. And a lot of them made a good living in New Orleans. All right. Um. So this is an account by Nathan Hobley, who worked with Dr. Jim. And he goes on and explains, you know, Dr. Jim, he used to give me money all the time to go with him to cure people. He sure did well. He bought a house on Orleans near Johnson Street. I can see it now. It had a long gallery down the side of the last two rooms, was, and the last two rooms was his church. He received his visitors there, and, and him and his wife lived in the other rooms. I remember one time me and Alexander broke up evil spirits across the river in Algiers. Okay, there was a girl over there about 12 years old who was possessed with the devil. One night she was going from room to room with a lamp in her hand, when all of a sudden she began whirling like a broke watch spring. Finally she landed on top of a table, but a minute later she was whirling again. The next day she was in the kitchen and every piece of wood jumped out of the basket by the stove and smashed right through a shut window and went flying out into the yard. This was in 1882, and Algiers and Orleans was both excited about it. Her father moved to another house about nine blocks off. That night, the piano began to play. It not only played, but it moved itself around the room without nobody touching it. 
They sent for Alexander, and he asked me to go with them. When we got to the house, he lit three candles and filled a tin bucket with beer. He sent everybody out of the room, and then he sprinkled the beer all over the furniture and the floor, in all the four corners of the room. He even threw some up at the ceiling. He went over to the first house where the girl had done the whirling and did the same thing. There has never been any evil spirits in Algiers since. Yeah, Dr. Jim always used beer for that kind of treatment. One night, spirits were throwing pillows out a window on Claiborne Street, and he went with me with the beer and stopped it. You see, the evil spirits drank the beer and were satisfied and went away. Both New Orleans and Algiers was full of evil spirits at that time, but we sure did clean them out. You don't ever hear about those things like that now, you know. This place, a lot, this place owes a lot to Dr. Jim. Hmm, wasn't that interesting? Um, how about haunted houses? Um, do they scare you? Um, I don't know. Um, I don't go to them. Um, you know, you, 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 see the, you see the headlines, okay? Man stabbed at haunted house by friend who thought knife was a prop. Hmm. Visitors to Akron Fright Fest haunt house say they experienced mock rape. Okay, um, you know, you know, guests need to sign a war uh, uh, a waiver and pass a background check before entering the world's scariest haunted house. So they do the best to scare you, right? Um, you know, I, I'll tell you what I scream about. You know, you know, is spending thirty eight bucks a piece for Fright Lane tickets. You know, to Cedar Point's Halloween weekends, right? And, and getting stuck in a bumper to bumper traffic jam on Cedar Point Causeway for hours because the parking lot is full. Did you see that story? You know, that last weekend. I, I mean, I, I've never, you know, I've gone, gone to Cedar Point since I've been a toddler. I've never heard that there was no room in the parking lot. I mean, if you've been there, you know how big that parking lot is. And, you know, that was a big, big problem, um, you, you know, for, from the deal with that. Um, and, and, you know, the theme parks, they really jumped on, you know, Halloween, Halloween weekends, you know, they call it, started in about 1997. Boy, has that come a long way. You know, the big money maker, um, you know, for them. Um, how about, you know, this is an interesting story. You know, there's one town in Centerville, Maryland, which is a small farmer, you know, type town. And they've had they've been hit hard by the opioid uh, opioid overdoses epidemic. Right. And so what they and it's a small town and, and it's and it's so much more painful because like everybody living in the town is affected by it. Um so what they're doing is they're, they're, the town is putting together a uh, haunted house, but it's based on, you know, you know, showing people the effects of becoming addicted. OK, um, you know, and, and so they, you know, they, they have different rooms, you know, with the different, um, you know, themes. Okay, so one would be, you know, a drug den. Uh, another one would be a, a frightening arrest, you know, when the police are coming. You know, another one is like a court hearing. Then, then another room is a jail cell. And then, you know, and then, you know, the, the, the idea of the, you know, the, the dark and dirty details of shooting heroin and fentanyl. And then, you know, uh, and it's, you know, it's really, you know, a public service announcement type of thing. Um, so that's an interesting idea. Now, I, I, you know, I don't know if I'll ever need to be... Um, you know, scared straight, you know, to that degree. Um, but, you know, what scares me is, you know, the opioid crisis is the shock that it's having to our U.S. economy. 
Okay, um, you know the the you know the the you have the you know the you know the labor force dropouts. You know the the cost of the government, the lost tax revenue. You know it's it's millions and millions of of billions of dollars. Um, you know the the Center of Disease Control and Prevention estimates that the annual cost. You know, for healthcare addictive treatment, you know the the loss of productivity, the criminal justice expenses. You know, they they say it's about seven hundred eighty five billion dollars a year. Okay, um, you, you know, according to Alter, Alterum, which is a healthcare you know nonprofit research group, um, you know, in twenty seventeen, you know, they predicted just the opioid addictives you know, cost one hundred fifteen billion. And they're saying since 2001, the opioid crisis, direct costs have topped $1 trillion. Okay, you know, so, you know, there is, you know, a lot of, um, you know, cost, you know, to affect, you know, you. Um, And, you know, and the other, you know, thing, maybe haunted houses, I don't know if, you know, you know, the ones that pop out, but maybe, you know, are you scared of a nursing home? I mean, talk about, you know, uh, horrific places. Have you been to a nursing home lately? You know, they're not fun places to, to go in, right? Um, and, you know, and, I, and, I, and you know, I hear a lot of you saying out there, oh, Mark, I'm never going to, you know, go into one of those. Or, you know, um, but, and quite honestly, it's really not your decision. I, I mean, nobody checks themselves into a nursing home. You know, and usually it's always somebody else's decision, right? And and that decision is being made, quite frankly, because for your own protection, you know, either by a doctor is making that decision or a spouse or a child or someone else who is saying it's just no longer safe for dad to be at home, you know, not to himself or anyone else that, you know, he may uh, uh, be with. Um, so, you know, and, and it, the numbers are staggering, right? Um, so, and I, I'm trying to get my head around the numbers. So, you know, I mean, just think about this for a minute. So remember, remember when Pew Research back in 2011 came out with that amazing statistic that, you know, 10,000 baby boomers a day were going to start turning 65, right? Okay, so that was about eight years ago, right? Um, so let's move up the time scale a little bit. So today, we would say that the, the older baby boomers, you know, 10,000 a day, you know, are starting to turn about 73. Okay. Remember I was mentioned earlier in the show how the required minimum distribution and the year-end tax planning and the IRA distribution planning, you know, that's getting bottlenecked, right? Because there's, you know, 10,000 baby boomers a day are turning seven and a half, right? It's going to be that way for, you know, 19 straight years, right? So you're going to have more and more of this baby boomer wave, you know, subject to required minimum distributions and, and that bottleneck at the end of the year is just going to get worse. Plan your year and planning accordingly. Um, get started now. It's not too early. All right. Um, if you don't know how to do that, you know, come and see us at the state planning team. You know, just call 440-239-2090 and we'll get, uh, we'll, uh, we can get you started. Um, or visit our website, financialfoodforthought.com. But anyways, let's go back to that 10000 a day. Okay, well, let's, let's, let's put the timeline 12 years out more. So let's say that in another dozen years, the oldest baby boomers are going to start turning 85. And that's the typical age where, you know, you might have to be checked into some type of assisted living or a nursing home situation, right? Or have some home health care happening or something. All right. Um, Now, 
let's say there's not ten thousand. Let's say you know, well, let's say two thousand have died away by then. So let's say there's eight thousand a day. You know, ten years, you know, twelve years from now, who are starting to turn eighty-five. Okay, the, the current statistics tell us that about seventy percent of all of us will need some type of long-term care assistance. So let's do the fuzzy math here. Um, if that's you know, if eight thousand a day are checking in and 70 or, 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 or sorry, 8,000 a day are turning 85 and 70% of them, let's say, are checking into a facility. That's what? That's about 5,600 a day, right? Um, so let's times that by a year, 365. That's 2,044,000 new patients a year checking into a facility. And that 2044000 a year is going to be every year for 19 straight years. So do you see the problem that this is causing? Um, and, you know, I, and, and I don't know, you know, what the solution is. Um, you know, right now, I mean, where are they going to put us all? Okay. Um, are there enough, you know, care workers to go around? Um, who is going to pay the cost of this? Um, Medicaid? Um, I don't think so. You know, so, you know, th- those are, you know, those are some of the things that, you know, we talk to our clients about at the estate planning team. In other words, are, you know, you could, you could, you know, just put your head in the sand and say, it's not happened to me or I'm not worried about it. If it happens, it happens. Or are you going to try to find a solution for you and your family? Now, I don't know if the final solution is out there for the baby boomers. Um, there are multiple, you know, solutions out there. I mean, a lot of people immediately say long-term care insurance. Well, that could be one solution. I, I don't know if that's the only solution. Um, others, you know, believe that, you know, want to know, hey, maybe I have enough to afford it myself. Okay, well, that could be one of your planned scenarios. That's what we do at the estate planning team for our clients. If we have a client that says, Mark, I want to know, can I afford it? Okay, so then what we try to do is say, okay, uh, let's build a plan. So we build plan A, maybe assuming that plan A is working. By the way, if your plan A is not working, then you don't have plan A yet. Okay, um, so you're still developing it. But let's say plan A is working and saying you're not running out of money before age 90, 95, whatever you want your peace of mind is. But now we say, okay, what we're going to do in this alternate long-term care plan scenario is we're going to build in the future cost of a nursing home. Now, depending on how negative or, you know, conservative you want to go there, you know, remember, you don't use today's cost. If you're not going in for 20, 25 years, you got to take today's cost and then, you know, extrapolate that out with, you know, a, a pretty high inflation rate, um, you know, and say, what is the cost going to be when you get there, right? And then the idea is saying, okay, do I now do I have enough? You know, now let's run this side by side scenario plans. And now the only thing I'm going to do in plan B or the long term care plan is add in the future costs. And I want to know, am I still going to be okay? Now, some clients do have enough that they, they you know, that they can self insure that. Others don't. Some it's not, it's in between. In other words, they could cover maybe half the cost of it. So they're looking for a solution that will cover the other half, right? So long-term care insurance, but that's getting, you know, that, that whole industry is, is uh, scary right now. 
Um, you know, but there's, you know, how about, you know, the legal solution? A lot of elder care attorneys, you know, work with, uh, you know, uh, individuals and their families. And that's the idea of, you know, if you think that you want, you know, can, can Medicaid pay for your long-term care or, or if you're a veteran and you have, have uh, veterans, you know, aid and attendance benefits that can help. Um a lot of people are more interested today than long-term care insurance. They're more interested in the life insurance hybrid solution where you're buying a, a combination, life insurance and long-term care protection. They're getting more popular. How about the continuing care community solutions? Uh, you know, you see these going up everywhere. You know, they, you know, this is where you buy in. You know, you go in as independent living, and then, you know, you start renting an apartment or a townhouse or whatever you want to rent. They have all, all, a lot of different options. But then if your health deteriorates, you can move over to the assisted living wing or all the way into a nursing home, convalescent care. If, and by the way, if you run out of money in the interim, they don't kick you out, right? They, they keep you there forever. Um, so, you know, there, there are, you know, uh, different solutions out there. Um, some people, a lot of people are waiting for a government solution. You know, and, you know, they're saying, well, uh, that's the only solution. In other words, um, I can't, you know, I, I've got too much money to get Medicaid, but I don't have enough money to self-insure. So how is the government helping me? Right. Um, and you've heard some of the uh, Democratic presidential candidates, you know, with their Medicare for all and some of their other, you know, big socialist plans are saying that they they also plan on, on you know, not only health care for retirees, but they they want to cover, you know, nursing home costs for retirees. Um, and, and again, you know, are they uh, that'd be great, you know, but just somebody tell me where that money is going to come to do that. Okay, um, you know, with the rising costs of health care. All right, I want to thank you for joining me today on my little Halloween special. Carrie will be back with me next week. And so we talked a little bit about, you know, what scares you, what scares me. And, you know, one of the things is, you know, again, I'm not really scared about the voodoo practices that were happening in New Orleans back in the late 1800s. I tell you what does, you know, kind of frighten me is when current financial advisors today practice hoodoo. All right. So did you hear about this case? You know, Don Bennett, a former financial advisor and radio host who allegedly used hoodoo magic to evade investigators was found guilty of defrauding investors in a $20 million Ponzi scheme, the Department of Justice said. Okay, this this actually this story is about a year old. Uh, you know, it, it was it, it, it surfaced last October. Okay, um, so after deliberating for under five hours, when a federal jury convicted Bennett on seventeen charges, including false statements on a loan application and three kinds of fraud, securities, bank, and wire. I mean, you know, again, we talk about fiduciaries, right? And and I don't know if she was a fiduciary. I'm assuming she had the, you know, SEC and the other uh, fiduciary requirements. But it, just because you have that doesn't mean 
you are one, right? That's, you know, I mean, the state planning team, we're a fiduciary as well. I mean, most planners you talk about, oh, make sure they're a fiduciary. Well, most of us are fiduciaries. You know, it's just we've gone to that level. But just mean you're a fiduciary doesn't mean you don't have to watch out. All right. Um, So this case notably had some unusual elements for a securities fraud trial. Hmm. FBI agents searching Bennett's penthouse found evidence of voodoo-type witchcraft, specifically instructions for how to put people under a beef-tongue-shut-up hoodoo spell. The curse was allegedly intended to silence individuals. In Bennett's home, FBI agents found two freezers containing sealed mason jars filled with SEC attorneys' identifying information, suggesting that she had cast the, cast the hoodoo spell several times in order to paranormally silence those pursuing the case, according to an FBI affidavit submitted in court filings. Hmm. Dawn Bennett's greed knew no bounds as she knowingly defrauded elderly retirees of their life savings, U.S. Attorney Robert H. Kerr said in the statement. This conviction and the years in federal the prison that she is facing holds accountable for her actions. Right. So between 2014 and 2017, Bennett enticed investors, including some of her adv- adv- advisory clients, to invest in her apparel business. So again, when, you, when your investment advisor starts talking to you about investing in his or her apparel business, I, I mean, your antenna's got to go up, right? Um. Okay, Bennett, you know, promised investors annual returns of around 15%, according to an indictment filed in U.S. District Court in Maryland. Um, One victim, unnamed in court documents, put up a half a million dollars in 2015, and in some cases her advisory clients withdrew money from retirement accounts in order to invest in the apparel company. Okay, um, in total, she raised more than $20 million from over 40 investors, according to court documents. Um... After an on-site FINRA exam, Bennett uh, you know, and, uh, and a co-worker introdu- uh, induced investors to replace the convertible notes that they had been given with promissory notes in a bid to conceal their actions. I mean, do you see what was going on here? I mean, the, 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 the paperwork is sketchy. The business is sketchy. The you know, claims of you know, double-digit double returns is sketchy. You know, but it happens all the time. Okay, Um, you know, we always talk about the estate planning team is that, you know, we are, uh, you know, we are big on making sure you have coordinated advisors. You know, if you look at the uh, world of, you know, professionals who may help you build a retirement plan or, you know, uh, whatever type of plan you call it, we used to call it a estate plan, could be a pre-retirement plan, could be a financial plan. You know, it could be the attorney, could be the tax preparer, could be the investment advisor, could be the insurance professional or, you know, the financial planner, you know, which is really, you know, we consider ourselves as as the estate planning team, you know, building financial plans. The idea is that, you know, it's okay if you have independent advisors. The key is, are they ever talking to one another? You know, that's that you want to make sure. 
that they're, you know, having, you know, roundtable discussions? Are they working together? Are they brainstorming on solutions that you are facing, whether it be, you know, a long term care solution or a when can I retire solution or, you know, how many trips to Hawaii can I, you know, do in retirement? You know, what is the what you're trying to decide and are you getting independent input from those advisors and are they, you know, talking to one another? And in today's world, you know, that's as simple as a three-way phone call. Right now, you know, like I said, we talked about year-end planning. We're doing a lot of three-way phone calls with our clients and their CPAs, you know, reviewing where they are year-to-day, you know, how much room do they have before their next tax threshold, you know, how, you're making sure that they've got their cheat sheets, that they're not going to miss a required minimum distribution, or are they making the right withholding elections on those year-end distributions that they need to cover one of their estimated tax-safe harbors? You know, the idea is, you know, you, know, you want to make sure that, um, you you know, you're getting a coordinated effort. It's a very complicated world. And, and, and by the way, if, if you do go to one of the advisors and out there and they say, oh, don't worry, Mrs. Smith, I do all of those things. You got to be wary of that because it's a pretty complicated world these days. So, you know, you don't, you know, to, so the idea of having independent advisors is fine. And now some of those you know, things you may be doing yourself. For example, we have a lot of clients who do their own investing. I mean, that's, they love doing that. That's their hobby. Okay. Um, We have attorneys who are clients. Um, We have a lot of clients who do their own tax returns or using one of the, you know, robotic software programs. You know, by the way, that's great for compliance, you know, which is a big part of, you know, taxes as compliance, but there, you know, but sometimes those robots right now are only designed to work on the current year. They're not always designed to look too far into the future. Um, but you know, the idea is, you know, those coordinated advisors, we believe that the client ends up with the best plan. Okay. When, when, you know, because they're getting independent input, and there, you know, people are laying out different solutions, and also the, it's less likely of a chance, right, that the wool's going to be pulled over their eyes, um, you know. And and in other words, it, you always got to, you know, look to see, you know, the person sitting across from you, you know, what they do for a living versus what type of recommendations they're making in a in a in a te- in a tube in a test tube, you know, in a in a, in a vacuum. Okay, as opposed to you know possible solutions coming from different directions. I mean, I think the classic example is that is you know the the stock guy who hates annuities and, and the fixed annuity guy who, who would say, well, why would you ever put money in the stock market? You know that that's a classic example, right? I mean, you, you know, how often you know do you do you, I mean, how many times you got to ask the stock guy, you know, what they think about annuities? I mean, chances are, you know, they're going to say, I hate them and you should too. All right. Um, on the other side, if annuities were so bad, why are so many of them being sold? Okay. And, and you know, why are, are, why is the government right now in their retirement bills that are running through Congress right now thinking about making it mandatory or at least available that uh, companies 401k plans can have annuities back in them? 
you know, a practice that, you know, wasn't, you know, got away from, you know, over the 40 year history of the 401ks. And, and, you know, quite frankly, uh, the, the verdict's not exactly, you know, out yet, but I mean, a lot of people think over 40 years, the 401k has been a complete disaster to protect the baby boomers retirement. And, and maybe those guaranteed pension plans, you know, weren't such a bad idea after all. Okay. Um, to get guaranteed income in retirement. So that was what resurfaced, you know, the, the interest and the, um, you know, appetite for fixed annuities, you know, that, that, you know, so you could say, you know, I'm not going to, you know, my whole retirement isn't going to be banked on the stock market or bonds, you know, which are volatility as well, especially in a world where uh, you just can't put your money in a CD anymore and think that you're going to get your, you know, 5% rate of return for your, you know, 20, 25 years of retirement. You know, we're at these ultra low interest rates. All right. Um, so, you know, you're searching for, you know, yield and, you know, and again, perhaps the fixed annuity, you know, again. So it's that idea saying, well, in either case, it's not that you put all your money in any one solution anyways. You know, you, you, you don't put all your money under the mattress. You don't put all your money in the stock market. You don't put all your money in fixed annuities. But, you know, we, we see a lot of people, new clients come to us and they've done one of those things and have been burned by it. And so the, and it's like, well, you know, that comes from this lack, you know, of coordination um, where, you know, it'd be I mean, just think about this. Wouldn't that be an interesting meeting where you have your stock guy sitting across from your fixed annuity guy and then you're trying to work out your allocation? But maybe that's what you need. And at the state planning team, you know, we're very big on that. You know, we promote that and we say, yeah, let's get a roundtable discussion. You know, um, we, we, you know, we, uh, we want those, you know, uh, coordination going on, you know. Um, and again, if that's, if you're interested in, come see us. You can visit our website, financialfoodforthought.com. You can call us at 440-239-2090. Um, and I promise you that if you work with us, We won't, you know, be placing beef tongue, shut up, hoodoo spells on you. Okay. Now, I know uh, sound engineer Eric is telling me we got to go. What's that, Eric? What are you scared of? Oh, Mayfield's uh, 15 interceptions. Uh, We'll see if the bakery is open tomorrow. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.